Three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino. What if you could hang out with sprinters and ask them about their problems, their workflows, and their solutions? That's exactly what we do here at the Strategy Sprints podcast day after day. And today, we explore with LinkedIn consultants and hippie-turned-business coach Sarah how we can change marketing for the better, how to enhance kindness in business, how a hippie-turned-business coach does marketing, and ways we can do business in a heart-centered way. Welcome, everybody. Sarah Santa Croce. Thank you, Simon. I love it when the host pronounces my name the Italian way. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen every day. So. And you get called the female Seth Godin. How's that? Yeah, I, I always kind of cringe when I re hear that read out loud. But yeah, some of my clients like to say it that way. I think it's just because I, I encourage people to do things differently, to look at things at a different perspective. And uh, yeah, so I kind of got this uh, weird or yeah, it feels weird saying it out loud, let's be honest. <laughs> but, we are uh, huge I like to be compared with him. Of, of the male version. <laughs> <laughs> Half half of these half of these books is from him. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a we lot are very inspired by Seth Godin. Beautiful. Yeah. And um, tell us, what are you currently creating? Yeah. So what I'm working on is really this different marketing paradigm. Um, I'm coming, as as we said, I'm coming from the female perspective. Uh, even though Seth's latest book, uh, This Is Marketing, also taught, well, second latest book, also talks a lot about you know, bringing more of the humanness, bringing more of the kindness and empathy into marketing. So that's really also what I'm working on. Uh, I published a book called The Gentle Marketing Revolution. So it's really mm -hmm. about bringing more integrity and kindness to the marketing paradigm. I think the marketing we do it now is like outdated it's 20 years old and we've nothing has changed where the human consciousness has changed a lot and people just don't respond to hype marketing uh, the way they did many 20 years ago so it feels like there's a big gap and i think i'm working on closing this gap and and changing the marketing paradigm beautiful and so what can we do to be more kind Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it's a difficult question because it's subtle changes, actually. When I really started looking into that and, and I realized, well, what is wrong with the current marketing paradigm? Um, it always came back to anxiety. Um, actually, the first name of the movement was anxiety-free marketing because I noticed that there's so much anxiety uh, around marketing, A, from entrepreneurs like you and I who have to do marketing for their business. There, people always came to me and said, you know, I hate marketing. I hate selling. Um, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel aligned with my values and my worldview. So there was anxiety from their side. 
But then there's also anxiety from the customer's side, from the client's side, because there's so much shaming in the current marketing. There's kind of like this fear of missing out. There's this, um, you know, kind of this pushy aggressiveness that creates anxiety when you are on the receiving end. You feel like you're not good enough because you know, the marketing message says, for example, in the entrepreneurship world, it's all about the six and seven figure, eight figure business owners, right? Well, if you're not at six or seven figures, you're like, oh my God, you know, I'm doing something wrong. Something must be wrong with me. I'm not doing it right. And and that keeps being repeated over and over again. And then in the end, you you believe it. You're like, something's wrong with me. And so you end up always chasing after that thing uh, to fix it, to fix yourself, really. So, yeah. And, and how we change it, to go, go back to how we change it. Well, it really is about two things. First of all, giving power back to the client. So really uh, what we've done for the last 20 years is taking the power away. We we used all the digital stuff, which I'm not saying just, you know, this, it's not wrong to use the technology that we have available. That's great, but we forgot to use it in a human way. So empowering the client to make buying decisions, uh, treating him, her like a smart human being saying, you know, here are your options. Think about it. Take your time to think about it. Those kind of things. Uh, and then also starting with yourself, really, when you are the one who, who does the marketing, figuring out first who you are, uh, what your values are, uh, what your worldview is, uh, is so that you bring that into your marketing. So it doesn't feel like you're just using someone's template or you're doing what the gurus tell you to do so that it feels more aligned and you actually have fun doing your marketing. Oh, this is something that I am trying to do, having fun while doing everything. Because right. running a business is hard enough, right? And um, the more we can make it something creative and the more we can enjoy the journey, because as you say, some people have some kind of goal or thing that is there. And when I'm there, then then I'm happy or then then it's good. But we are always here <laughs> and uh, we are never there, right? We are always yeah. here. And how can we make the here more enjoyable? Better. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. bridge that for everybody. Beautiful. Yeah. So tell us some, some examples of the activities that you do with, with people. Yeah, so, so it's it's really helping them see this reframe and uh, finding their. I talk about the the finding your um, marketing superpower. So really finding out. Yes, obviously, uh, what works. We're gonna still want to do what works, but also what works for you. So. And that means first looking at who you are. Uh, are you, you know, more introverted? Are you more extroverted? What kind of marketing activities do you enjoy? Not just because the guru tells you that you have to do, you know, now live stream, whatever webinars or what the latest thing is, but really doing those things that you enjoy doing. And then, um, Getting away, it's almost like unlearning the way we've learned to do marketing, um, unlearning those things and saying, 
what if I just did it my way as if I was speaking to this person one-on-one -on -one, rather than kind of following some scripts and templates and these words work well and this is the clickbait rule and all of these things. So really finding back to, to their unique way of uh, resonating. I talk about resonance, about frequency, finding that resonance with your ideal client. Because in the end, that's only who you want to work with. You don't want to uh, necessarily work with everyone, right? Oh, definitely. And, uh, and there are so many people I don't want to work with, much more <laughs> than people I want to work with. Exactly. And, uh, and imagine if it works that we share our templates and our blueprints and everybody does it, then you get five emails per day and they're all the same. What, yeah. what a... What a what a that, that let's be. face this we know that this is happening right simon like you like you can immediately tell oh she was on this program <laughs> oh there's another linkedin guru telling them on how to invite people and you know say ah i see you're a coach i think you might be interested in this <laughs> i'm like no i don't do that i get these emails and immediately delete them and then yeah. i get other emails that I read and reread. That's how good they are, and right. they and they are personal, and they are interesting, and they are thought provoking, exactly. and of course they have some call to action that leads me somewhere to their offers. But I am I am intrigued. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you feel connected to the person, right? That's yeah. the most important part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and there is some vulnerability involved. Yeah. Like this yeah. person showing some parts that, that is harder to show. Yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Well, what what I talk a lot about in, in, in the book is, is the truth, right? People, after what we've just gone through, and especially in America, what they just gone through, uh, people want the truth now more than ever. So all of these shady marketing and sales techniques that used to work, uh, people now expect them. It's like, if you're trying to do that now, sorry, you're too late. You know, <laughs> the, the, this just doesn't work anymore. That's not what people want. People want to uh, be seen and heard. They want to really feel like a human being. They want to be treated like a human being, not just like a number. So it's really, it's key to adapt your marketing because eventually what, what's still working now, the, the, the reason I call this uh, a revolution is because, you know, revolutions always start with people and they usually start small. Uh, there's just kind of like this, this noise grumbling saying something's not working. And, and then eventually people talk to each other and they're like, yeah, I agree. Something's not working. And right now it may be just small amounts of people, uh, but eventually everybody will say, you know what? Yeah, I'm not buying it anymore. All these marketing things that make me want to make me feel bad or, or all of this type stuff. People are not buying it anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. And while we are in our, we are talking in the chat, thank you, Grace Daily Coffee, for posting that you have a degree in Bachelor of Management Studies and experience in client service management, and uh, that uh, you are looking for a job. Thank you for saying this. And thank you also, because this is also vulnerability and truth mm -hmm. right here, right there. And thank you, Rob Helmnick, for chipping in and helping and giving resources. Uh, you can look at this specific group right there. 
and there are some opportunities and vacancies there. Thank you, Rob, for this. So it ties quite well to what we are talking about, that um, so many people are saying, hey, I can bring you to eight figures, and then the reality uh, of many of us not having good sales, not having uh, right now the perfect situation, and um, yeah, trying to find their, their uh, frequency between their truth and the other side who wants this, who needs this, and says, please, more. Yeah, exactly. Um, beautiful. I am so pumped to hear who you nominate for the Strategy Award after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategysprints.com. Everybody's zigging, but this person is zagging. And from your perspective, they're doing the right thing. Who do you pick? Yeah, uh, I'm going to nominate my friend Stephen Morris. Mm -hmm. Stephen is a good friend of mine. Uh, he is currently uh, writing a book called The Beautiful Business. It's going to come out sometime end of the year or I think fall or, or towards the end of the year. And I just can't wait. I think he's really thinking, uh, yeah, thinking along the same lines. Uh, something's got to change in this business world. Something is just not working anymore. And the idea of a beautiful business, doesn't that just sound amazing? Uh, oh, yes. A beautiful business is something where my frequency resonates a lot. And I have been, I'm writing a book, my first book, and I'm, yeah. I, I did, and I am now in the refinement phase where I have help from, from two editors working with me on this, and they are amazing. And, 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 and one of them, Cindy, said to me, hey, Simon, what you wrote here, it, that's poetry. It's a business book, but it's poetry. Can you tell me more? Can you uncover more of your reasons behind? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I, 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 want, I want to help businesses being about truth and beauty yeah ah, you guys oh. get along really well <laughs> yes how we talk simon yes and that's and that's kids that we're talking about now you, we should go deeper and i was oh interesting route so when i hear the beautiful business yes i resonate i resonate mm -hmm. because we think it's about numbers and it's about transactions it's not it has never been right yeah. it's about being human, being connected, exactly. uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and what is being human, right? If not yeah. truth, yeah. beauty, love. Yeah, and this beauty, like in business, we just never, you know, that was not part of business until now. Like you say, it was kind of like, yeah, transactional, uh, but nothing had to actually be beautiful. It just had to work, right? <laughs> And, yeah. and that's why I, I think, you know, consciousness has has risen and all the, the rest of the business world, marketing, sales and, and, and the rest of it is still stuck back, you know, 20 years ago. So it's about time we do an upgrade. I love it. So while you upgrade the world of marketing, what inspires you? What are books that inspire you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what came to mind here is the one that I always mention, my, my favorite business books of all times, is Essentialism by Greg McCowan. So that is my favorite. He now just came uh, out with a second book called Effortless. Uh, personally, I, I still prefer Essentialism. It's, it's, um, 
Yeah, it, it just changes your perspective on everything. It changes your perspective on what's important, uh, about your definition of success, what really matters, and it really helps you prioritize. So if you're at the beginning years of your business, I think it will be really helpful for, for you to kind of set priorities in, in your business. So that is one of the, the business books that I remember. need to look at my notes. Oh, the other one was um, uh, Company of One by mm -hmm. Paul Jarvis. Also a, a really good book if you, um, you know, depending on your goals, but if you are not planning to, you know, have a big team of 20 people and kind of create an agency, but you want to just have a company of one and maybe, yes, have some, uh, you know, outsourced uh, contract workers, then that's a great read as well. And then the final third book I picked was um, The Art of Gathering. And that is by Priya Priya Parker, and uh, yeah, I just loved the, the her approach to thinking about gathering. And of course, this came out before COVID, where we could still gather in person. But everything applies also to you know gathering in general. We now all learn to gather virtually, and eventually will we will gather again in person. So it's just a a very good book, also I think, to create community. So if that's something that you're looking into for your business, then I think that's a great, great resource too. Oh, beautiful book. Essentialism, I bought it. I didn't read it yet, but it, it is such a, as you say, at the beginning, but, but really for every business, like how we find focus and calmness in all of this excitement and in all of these opportunities. Right. Uh, and uh, sticking with what sparks joy, right? Mm -hmm. And then, and then uh, the the company of one. I read it. I was so inspired, and I said to myself, "Yes, we can do this." Super lean. And I was a company of one three years ago when I when I read it, and I was yeah, cool. And the number of companies of, of ones that are doing over a million was a huge number. And I was like, "Hey, look, this is the new thing." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, keep yeah, it lean. Keep it lean. Keep it lean. Now we are eleven, but. Yes, sometimes sometimes there is there is different paths, but it is an inspiring book, definitely. Mm -hmm. And uh, the art of gathering, I didn't read it, so I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, I will. Does it? Is it? Do the principles apply to our current uh, digital world gatherings also? I, th I think so. It's it's you know more like big picture thinking, and then not only conferences, and and like. Like I said, I think any kind of uh, online conference, the same thing applies. It's really about the message and how you create the community around your your topic, really. So mm -hmm. I like that. We have an interesting an interesting comment here by Rob Helming, who says marketing essays are often not intrinsic. That is why those things are less and less working. What's your take on this? Why are the traditional things not working? Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting comment. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe we could. Can we ask him to explain more what he means by intrinsic? Does he mean like it's not coming from within the 
person or the the company or what does he exactly mean by by intrinsic yeah rob what do you mean by intrinsic <laughs> it might take a couple seconds until yeah, yeah. the answer comes. Yeah, so if it's inside versus not inside. His next comment is about, I don't have to do it. So I don't have to do it. Uh, I could do it, but I don't have to. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the way humans, uh, us human beings now choose to buy something is very different from how it was 20 years ago. Uh, now people are much more interested in the relationship with the company. Uh, it's not only a price decision anymore. Uh, you know, it's like, well, how does it feel to work with Simon? Do I feel like we're aligned? Do I feel like he's doing the right thing? Where 20 years ago, maybe it was all just, well, it's just a transaction. Yeah, okay, he's good at what he does and here's here's my money. But now I feel like companies like Patagonia have, have shown the way and said, yeah, but this is what we stand for. You know, we are in business, but we are also here to protect the planet and to give back. And so people are like showing up and saying, yeah, this is the company I want to buy from. And even if it is a little bit more expensive, this is, uh, you know, who I want to work with. Same with service, service um, based entrepreneurs. We are choosing who we want to work with on the level of consciousness that wasn't maybe the case uh, 10 years ago. Yes. And I have been thinking about this in the last weeks. So is it because I have always been thinking about who is the ideal client and who are we here to serve? And and most of my of my weekly thinking is about who not to work with mm -hmm. and learning from that, from from uh, to, to get insights about what we stand for and uh, who we are here to serve and who we can serve best and who right. we cannot serve best because we don't want or because we are not the best. And how, how do you manage this? How, how do you decide who to work with, who not to work with? Yeah. Um, again, for me, it's really bringing more of me into my marketing, giving my, myself permission to show up fully and say, this is who I am. This is how uh, how I position myself in terms, even like things like politics, you know? It's like usually people tell you, stay away from politics. But I'm like, well, if I'm gonna work with a client one-on-one, uh, -on -one, eventually uh, I wanna just take off the mask. I don't wanna continue to pretend to be someone that I'm not. It's just me, you and me working together. And so they need to know the story of my upbringing. They need to know, you know, the whole hippie turn business coach stuff. And this is recent, Simon. Like this story didn't come out until two, like two years ago. I first had the courage to say, okay, you know, yes, I'm a LinkedIn consultant, uh, but here's the whole deal. And people started to like really resonate with that. And now I'm working with people where they could be my friends because we're on the same page where before I was always like, really, do I have to, oh God, yeah. 
And they asked me to do things that I was not comfortable doing, like yeah. the whole sending out, you know, thousand sales pitches. I'm like, that's just not me. That's not going to work for me. So it's, yeah, it, it's that kind of like, really, like you said, giving out signals who you would like to work with and yeah. making it so strong that people who are definitely not a good fit for you, they're like, oh, they'll, you know, they'll run a mile. Yeah, so, I love it. I think, so yeah. Rob has clarified more of you, more intrinsic for him means more of you ah. and intrinsic is pretending. Yeah, 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 exactly. So more of you. Um, I, um, that's exactly right. It's like it, uh, and I think he was saying marketing uh, is broken or doesn't work because it's not intrinsic, right? So, so in a way, like companies, just it feels like uh, it feels so sterile. It feels like everybody's saying the same thing. It feels like blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, and so, the minute you bring more of that storytelling into it, why you were in business, and you know what happened to you, and, and all of these things, then it feels like oh, there's a connection. There's a human being behind the um, the you know the, the 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 shell or the brand. Because I remember, you know, 10 years ago, we, we would have these websites with all these kind of fake images on and, you know, the stock images. And, and it really felt like, oh, like, is there a person behind this whole scheme? <laughs> or, or companies that like one person companies who would pretend to to have like, you know, a big, big company, even though they were just one person. It just doesn't fly anymore. People want the truth, and they and they want more of you. And, and that's this is what intrigues me about about making videos uh, weekly, because the the more videos I I can I can get out there, the more exactly this happens. First, I learn about myself because I experience myself in an in a situation, you know, in a vulnerable. Uh, situation and uh, I learn about myself. I stumble upon things. It's oh, interesting. This is how I feel. This is how I think. <laughs> and then conversations happen. And especially since I'm doing this daily, because it, it was weekly, but since March of the pandemic, I went into daily. Wow. Now there is no time to edit. Now it's just real and rough. Oh, when yeah. you do it every day, yeah. just yeah. real. Yeah. yeah. And, and now we go directly live. Like right now, which is also there is no editing, there is no, no hiding when you're live. Snake, right? It's right there. So if if I start stuttering and not knowing what to say, that's like, yeah, that's me. I'm I'm yeah, I'm not I'm still human, you know. So yeah, totally. And these are super interesting um developments. So when you when you think about marketing. Where do you think is marketing in three years? Mm. You know, in a way, I almost feel like we're we're going back to basics, uh, and that feels strange to say since you know everything is advancing so fast with AI and, and all the rest of the technology. But I truly believe that the, the referral marketing is going to be bigger again. Just you know, connections, building connections with people, with real people, being real, that's what's going to come back. And, and 
let, let's face it, all the, the paid ads, uh, already they're taking a huge hit everywhere. Like uh, my, my, my um, publicist just told me, uh, you know, Amazon is like people who are really relying on Amazon ads. Uh, it's impossible. You know, it's just gotten really expensive. Facebook, all my clients are ditching Facebook. And so in three to five years, I don't, I don't know, but I have a, I have a feeling that there's going to be different kind of social platforms where it's smaller groups, so smaller connections, like it, more intimate connections, um, and not, and it's not about communicating, you know, with the masses so much anymore, uh, but more like, okay, I, you know, like <laughs> Godin said, you know, create your tribe. He never said create a tribe of 10 million people. He just said, create your tribe and the tribe can be, you know, 20 people. So I think that's where we're going. Absolutely. Uh, my best experiences in this isolated year have been being in tribes, being in in masterminds, in networking groups that are that are actually heart centered and where where we do a lot of things, not just networking, but uh, things that let us experience each other as a human being, and then say, "Hey, I want to bring his message, her message, more out there," and yeah. and from there starting. A, and to really to talk more about this person. And from there, something like a referral marketing partnership uh, emerging, mm -hmm. collaboration. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, in fact, partnership is, is one of the, the P's. So I kind of re-looked at the seven P's of marketing and mm -hmm. partnership is one of the new ones that I added because I think really that is one that we're gonna work much more on so you know we're done with kind of wanting to do everything by ourselves as entrepreneurs and we really see the power in collaborating with other other people much more yes so uh what are what are things that you are seeing people do where you say oh that's something that uh that's something that i like mm -hmm. Yeah, um, really the, the storytelling, like the, the, the real storytelling, not the, I'm kind of also tired by some of the people, how they teach storytelling, that it always has to be um, from rags to riches, you know, like, oh, I used to be, you know, making zero and now I'm a self-made millionaire. Like, come on, we, we've had that, you know, tell me the stories that I can relate to because clearly I'm not the millionaire yet. So tell me, you know, what's going on for real right now? Because obviously not everyone is a millionaire. All of the entrepreneurs who, who probably are, you know, just like us, we're not millionaires uh, yet. So tell me some real stories. Again, it's that vulnerability and uh, authenticity and, um, so that comes to mind. Um, another thing I recently saw is a is a webinar where instead of one person doing the whole webinar, there was three authors getting together and doing an, a webinar about a certain topic, and they all had books about different topics, but they still, you know, found a common ground. There was obviously overlapping ideal clients, 
And so there was no like, oh, we created this big program and please buy this now. No, it was just an invitation to buy the books if they didn't have them yet. Uh, and, and, you know, they shared an hour of great content and conversation. And in the end, it was an invitation to, to buy the book. So that I find so interesting because in a way, yes, it probably boosted their book sales a bit, but it's not like they, you know, live from books. You can't live from books today, but, but it helped people when they read the book get into this author's world and so it's in a way it's giving up front first with the webinar then giving almost again with the book because uh, you know the book is 10 15 dollars and then this way getting them into your world and then who knows maybe six months a year from now uh, there will be like coaching sales from that webinar, but it's kind of like slowing down the sales funnel and saying, here's what I stand for. I wrote this book. I, I, if you want it, I'd love for you to read it. And then, you know, if you're still interested, uh, come into my world and, and see what else I have. Really like that. I like it. Yeah. Great idea. Mm -hmm. What, what is something that, uh, you recently changed your mind about? <laughs> um, so I wrote this first book about marketing and then my uh, book coach, she's like, you know what people really want? This is a book about selling. And I'm like, yeah, that's not me. I, I you know, I'm not going to write about it. And then I was like starting to think about it. I'm like, you know what? They are so related. I mean, you know, one is the warm up really. Marketing is the warm up to the sales conversation or the sale. I was like, well, you know, if I do respect my own advice and say, bring more of you, then I was like, well, I can share my approach to selling. It doesn't have to be compared to, you know, the seven steps of selling or whatever else you're seeing out there. It's going to be completely controversial, but why not? I wrote, I wrote the book about marketing. Why not write this sales book? So that's what I'm working on now. Cool. I want to read it. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. And, uh, yes, and it's funny, right? Because when you talk about sales, most people go, hey, don't sell me, don't sell me. No, 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 sales is bad. And mm -hmm. but in, in the same conversation, you ask like anybody, like, what, what do people need? And they go, cash. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> We all need to sell because we all need cash. Yeah. And, and, and I really think if we can change the marketing paradigm, we can definitely change the sales paradigm as well. Like who says it needs to be a certain way? We can Absolutely. remake the rules. Yeah. Absolutely. And when you say frequency, you know, we, we are about sales and we help people improve sales and, and we have a completely contrarian approach to sales for, for us money is an energy exchange right it's a medium for life energy right and it's yeah. giving and taking and it is one of the things that codes that giving and taking as, as you have said it's you build something you 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 give you you invite uh people to also enjoy it uh, that's sales and then there are techniques for some contexts and some work and some don't work, but that's not sales. That's just techniques, right? 
Yeah, and, and you can you can use them, or you can say, you know what? Why does it have to be linear? For example, you know, it doesn't have to be linear anymore. Like meaning, you have to do all these seven steps and find a gap and and all of that. Who says? You know, if if you do a good job with marketing and you really bring all of you to your marketing already, well, the resonance already happened. So it really, it is a conversation between two humans about money. And whenever there's money in the game, you need to bring a lot of vulnerability. That's really the recipe to these sales conversation. It's like, yeah, let's just show up. Let's take off our masks and have this conversation around money. And, and with you, I can go even deeper and share that for me in sales, there is there are two levels. There is intention, and, and I am for the people listening. I am I'm touching my heart when I say intention. So, uh, from which place do I do this? And then there is intervention, and intervention is just a tool. Tools come and go. Like I use a fork to eat, but I'm not a forkist. Mm -hmm. So there is intention. Uh, from which place do I do I do this? And then there is intervention. And I play with every intervention. I'm one of these person reading all the sales books, all the sales techniques. I, I play with them. Like I am in a mastermind with Chris Voss, the, the famous FBI negotiator. And, and he has very specific tactics. Mm -hmm. So I hear these tactics. I like him a lot. I, I try them all. I did try every single one of them. None of these worked in my context. <laughs> it's not important. But if, I yeah, they might work them. for him, but you're a different person. So I still love them because they gave me the chance to explore myself, to, mm. to explore our context, our people, our tribe, how they react to specific things. <laughs> and still every single one of them is super relevant because it, it, it gave me food for thoughts and for experiments. Mm, then, of course, I come back with my own experience and how what my people say that they really need, and I keep only that. But every single book, even the worst about sales, I have learned something. Yeah, no, that's true. You always, you know, find something that maybe you don't want to apply it exactly like that. And I think that is really what my book will be about. It's like, give yourself permission to do sales in a way that feel good. Yes, use some of the tools that, you know, you learn here or you learn somewhere else um, because some of them are just, they just work, right? But on, they only work if you feel good using them. The minute, uh, like I remember I was being told by a sales coach to always close the sale, right? If you're not done unless you have the person's credit card. That felt horrible for me. I'm like, I, I, there's no way. I'm not putting this person in a difficult financial situation, um, you know, but just because they, I want them to work with me. That just, like, I, I can't do that. I, that doesn't feel integrous for me. So if it works for you, then, you know, that's a different story, but it has to work for the person. So whatever uh, works for you, I think you have to give yourself permission to do it your way. Integrity is is a, is an important word here. Mm -hmm. You are you describe yourself as a hippie turned business coach. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So listening right now, they don't even know what hippie is. They are too young. 
<laughs> yeah. So I I gave this uh, term hippie because when I asked my parents uh, how they would describe that, you know, they raised me, they're like, well, we were just, you know, politically engaged and probably different, but they didn't use the term hippie um, so much. But yeah, my parents, um, when I was very little, they bought an apartment building with five other families. And so we were living in this building. Each of the families had their separate apartment, but we spent a lot of time like being in each other's uh, house and eating together and having parties together. And I remember the parents uh, would have a think a bi-weekly meeting and there was like all these decisions uh, had to be taken together who does the garden and who cooks and the, so it was a, a real community living and for the longest time as you can imagine as a teenager uh, you just want to be the same like everyone else it was just embarrassing to have my dad come pick me up on his bike where everybody else was waiting in the cars and 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 then only like you know a few years ago i realized how much that really actually brought me how much that taught me how much that means now for what i'm doing professionally so uh, i went into linkedin consulting which was like the opposite of you know hippie lifestyle um it was supposed to be very professional and sterile and and so I really just completely pivoted and said, no, that's not me. I need to really come out and say, you know, it's a revolution is in my blood, basically. And so that's that that's what I realized a few years ago. And that's again, the storytelling is so important, I think, that you bring those stories because you cannot show up in integrity if you're always hiding part of yourself, right? And so that's that's the story with the hippie. <laughs> Beautiful. And I, I consider myself a, a hippie capitalist uh, because I my influence in my younger, my, my friends when I was 14, 15, 16, my friends were already 19 and, uh, and they were listening to The Doors and Bob Dylan. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so I would watch the movie about the doors and Jim Morrison and I would I would watch Woodstock, uh, mm -hmm. the festival, and I, I would feel that. And um and uh, and I was like, oh yeah, a revolution is coming soon. Cool, let's 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 do this. And um and now in business, I see the beauty in this. We we have on our website the results page, it's called love page. It's the slash love. And people go like, why is this love? Come on, that's not, that's not good for a search engine optimization. I go, I don't care about <laughs> search engine optimization at this, in this particular situation. It's about what is it about? So why do you have client testimonials? Because you want to show that it's a, a work of love between people. Otherwise, why would we do it? Why would it matter? Right. So yeah. if, if it's... If it's worth doing it, it's a work of dedicated individuals who care about a project, and and you want to showcase how how what the impact is when people care in working together. So it's the love page, mm -hmm. uh, and I think and I think the, isn't isn't it what it's all about? At the end, it's all about love. Can can for me it is what can I do in my inner work so that I can increase my capacity to love mm, yeah. every person, every element, 
uh, in every moment. Yeah, that's the beautiful business right there, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So cool. Where can people uh, hang out with you, find more about Sara Santa Croce? Yeah, so my main website is sarasantacroce.com. Uh, that's where you find out more about me. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I always like to, uh, still like to hang out there. Just mention that you saw uh, this conversation with Simon and I. And then my book, um, The Gentle Marketing Revolution, is on Amazon. And uh, if you are interested in the in the seven Ps of marketing, kind of the the revamped version, you can go to sarasanacroce.com forward slash one page, the number one in page. And that gives you a one page marketing plan so that you can reflect on your seven Ps of gentle marketing. Beautiful. The gentle marketing revolution, everybody, Sarah Santa Croce, go there. <laughs> Please go there. Join the revolution. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here, sharing your journey your wisdom with us please come back soon thank you so much simon thank and you. i want your sales book i want to be the first to read it. i'd love to have you uh read it the first before it goes out and give me a yes. review I'd love I that. Will, please. One. avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work we have 274 templates for your business success reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach we double your revenue in 90 days